If you draw a circle, it's almost impossible to find its center. But if you put a compass down, you can draw 100 circles, and you will always know the exact center. Such is life. There are not many problems in this world. There is only one problem. There are not many questions to be answered. There is only one question to be answered, and the rest will fall like dominoes. When that answer spreads, the next thing you know will be in the era of peace, harmony, and infinite wisdom. Jewish mysticism has that compass, and the center is you. Is you. Welcome to the solution to everything. Hey, it's Rabbi Shmuel Paul, and I want to thank you for being with me. We are back. We're going to talk about marriage. Marriage is in crisis these days. The divorce rate is hovering close to 50%. This is a problem because marriage is the foundational structure of the family. We all know kids come out better when they're raised with a mother and a father. This is not to take anything away from homosexual couples or transgender couples. I'm, I'm not getting into that. Studies do show that the best thing for a child is a mother and a father. And this is called the Solution to Everything show because what we do here is ask one question and through that we answer all the other questions. And the question is, what is the truth? Or who are you? It's the same question. And what we've come up with as we've searched for the ultimate truth to everything is that you can answer this question with the analogy of a triangle. A triangle has a left wing, so to speak, and a right wing, so to speak. It's also known as the infinite side and the finite side. And at the top, you have something above both of them, something that is the truth, that is not right wing nor left wing, and not infinite nor finite. And then, in a fourth step, so to speak, the truth comes down back to the bottom of the triangle with a solution that is the best of both worlds, the best of the right wing and the best of the left wing, maximizing what is good from the right wing, maximizing what is good from the left wing, lessening what is bad from the left wing as much as possible, and lessening what is bad from the right wing as much as possible. And this way you can solve every question because all problems come in threes. In fact, all things in the world come in threes. And what you need to be able to do is figure out what's the left, what's the right, What's the finite, what's the infinite, and what is the truth that hovers above them both and comes down to give you a customized, tailored solution that is just perfect for this particular problem. Problems are not solved on the right or the left, and not in between either. It could be further to the right or further to the left than you actually are, but problems are found in coming up with a solution that takes the best of all worlds, which could be left, right, independent, green party, libertarian, taking the best of all worlds and coming up with a solution that's perfectly tailored to the needs of this particular problem and this particular person. So that's what I realized when I came upon the issue of marriage and I found so many books saying men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Men are like this, women are like that. But as I actually speak to people and think about my own prior marriage and dating since then, I realized that no, Men are not from Mars and women are from Venus. Men are not like this and women are like that. Sometimes a woman can be more masculine and a man can be more feminine and that could be a successful marriage. People come in all stripes and colors. So as I talk you through this podcast and marriage advice, I want you to know that I did it many, many times and came to the conclusion that in the end that it's actually impossible to come up with a set of advice that will work for every single couple. Because the Talmud tells us that no two minds are alike. It says, just as two faces are not alike. Nobody looks exactly the same. Even identical twins have some difference between them. This is Barachos 58a. That's the page of the Talmud that we're talking about. 
So that means all men are different and all women are different and every relationship is different. And men and women can also change from day to day. So a podcast like this might not go viral because I'm not saying there's some cool secret, but at least I'm being honest. At least I'm not going to give you a cookie cutter solution that is going to work for a third of people and hurt the other two thirds of people. I'm going to be honest with you and say there is no secret. You have to know who you're dealing with and at what time you're dealing with them. So you may have heard the advice that the real secret to life is that there is no secret. That applies wonderfully to the relationships between men and women because some men can be Venus and some women can be from Mars and some couples are from Neptune. Each relationship is a unique snowflake. So that's going to the truth of the matter. Everyone else giving a solution is a right wing and a left wing. is an infinite or finite solution. But the truth is above them both and also comes down to the bottom of the triangle to give us a solution that's totally tailored for that particular couple. The only things that I can say, since this is the solution to everything, I have to be sticking with the truth. I can't give you a right-wing solution or a left-wing solution, an infinite solution or a finite solution. I have to give you the truth. And the truth is there are only certain things I can say that would apply to every single couple. And that is this. The trick to marriage is becoming a giver and not a taker. And that applies to any couple, Mars, uh, Venus, Neptune, it doesn't matter. Find out what your partner wants and give that to them as much as possible. Make that your life's mission. If you focus on giving instead of taking, instead of what can this relationship do for me, no, think what can you do for your country? What what can you put into this relationship for the other one? If you're both giving and giving and giving, your marriage will work well. But if you're focusing on what I can get out of the relationship, whether that be physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, your relationship will suffer. And that goes for everyone. So you have to be sensitive and aware as to who your partner is. Because I'll give you an example of a conversation or a debate that I had with a dating coach whose name I will not mention, but it was a woman. And she was giving the advice that women don't want men to agree with them all the time. They want to be challenged. They want you to say, oh, if you want me to do that for you, Ask me in a British accent, you know, make them do something before you do something. And it seems like good advice, but I know that in my particular marriage, that wouldn't have helped anything at all. My ex-wife was extremely dominant. I wasn't submissive enough, so it didn't work out. But if I had asked her to always say something in a British accent before I handed her a tissue, she would take that as just being irritating, annoying, and a call to arms. It would start a fight. It would actually do the opposite. So you can't just get on the internet and just give advice to everyone that women don't want men that agree with them all the time. Some women do want the men to agree with them all the time. And if they don't, they should mention it to the husband and let him know that he should be more challenging if that's what you want. And we all have mouths, we have to use them. Instead of fighting with our mouths, we should be using our mouths to communicate our needs. How can you make me more happy? It's pretty simple. Focus on giving instead of taking. So men will make jokes about their wives and say, well, she wears the pants, quote unquote. And that may work for some, but in other relationships, the woman wants something more. She wants a more masculine man. She wants a more dominant man. She wants a man that's going to make her think. She wants a man that's going to go to challenge her. If you're always agreeing with her, in that case, it could be considered like you're kissing up or you're trying to get something in return. Maybe it's a quid pro quo. So no two women are alike, no two men are alike. The key is to be open to whatever your spouse may be and accept that as much as possible. Then 
Once you have the truth, come down and try to tailor your behavior to meet their specific wants and needs. You should openly talk about the power dynamic in the relationship because this is huge. No one person should be the dominant person and no one person should be the submissive person. That's a misnomer. That's a myth. There's going to be things in which the man is dominant. There's going to be other things in which the woman should be dominant. And you should figure out what things are they. Who's going to be dominant in the cleaning area? Who's going to be dominant dominant in the making plans area? Who's going to be dominant in making sure there's entertainment for the kids? Who's going to be dominant when it comes to making the money? That has to be discussed before marriage. And if you're already married, it has to be discussed. The more things you can plan out in advance, if you can plan your relationship as much as possible, the more problems you will avoid going on in the future. And please, please, please do not show this to your husband or your wife and say, look at this. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Listen to this guy. No, that's not the purpose of this. Do not use my words as a weapon. I do not give you permission to do that. That's a copyright violation. Purpose of listening to this audio is for you to work on yourself, to see what you can improve. But in general, your relationship should be a process of give and take, a process of constant compromise, feedback, correction, and giving until you reach harmony and balance. If someone feels like they're being suppressed too much, that means something's out of balance. You need to discuss. You need to discuss. If there has to be a discussion, that obviously means something's wrong. Something needs to be, needs to be corrected. So you will correct it. Now, what about the love? Where's the love? Where does it come from? So what is love? So the res- love is a result of how much you've tailored your behavior to the other person's unique personality. You must show love for your spouse every single day, but that will look different for every person. So you have like the famous book, The Five Love Languages. So some women want more touching, some want more compliments, some want more gifts, some, want mo- some women want more quality time. So again, this is a solution to everything. Coming down with a tailored solution, if you want to maximize your efforts in the marriage, Put them in the areas that she appreciates the most, that she loves the most. And the whole idea of love or like is the same. It's creating positive experiences for the other person, creating tailored, customized solutions for the other person. Consider your spouse a fascinating curiosity that you must explore. Try out all the five demonstrations of affection or come up with other demonstrations of affection. There are infinite ones. And see which ones land the most, which ones make your mind the most happy, which make her eyes light up. Focus more on those. Spend your energy on those. If it's gifts, spend your energy more on gifts. If it's quality time, spend your time on that. Because that will create even more and more quality, positive experiences that will weigh down the scale in her brain. Because this goes for men to women and women to men. I'm just using the example of men to women because I've got to use somebody. And everybody has like a scale in their brain that decides how much they love someone or how much they like someone. And when you're dating, you all create a lot of good experiences. Everything is going great. But then once you get married, people start to relax and they stop creating uh, such positive experiences and they'll even let it out. If they're frustrated, they'll let it out on the other person. Now, that's something you would never do when you're dating, but you do it when you're married with no problem. But you need to be dating constantly. You need to be dating all the way through your marriage until you're gone from this world because that means you're creating more positive experiences And it weighs down. One side is the positive experiences side. And the other side is the negative experiences side. And every time you do something positive, it weighs down the positive side a little bit more. If you do something negative, that's actually like three negatives. 
Every negative experience is more powerful than the positive experience. So if you do something wrong, if you let it out on your wife, your wife lets it out on the husband, you've just created not one, but three negative experiences. You're now gonna have to do three positive experiences to make up for that, and then another positive experience making it four to be in their good graces. But what happens is the negative experiences become more and more and more, and then suddenly the person, the husband next door looks more interesting because with him, you're dating. With your husband, you're married. And with him, you're dating. If you would be dating with your husband and they would treat you the way they do when they're dating now, then you wouldn't be looking at the neighbor's husband. Because once you get married to the neighbor's husband, if you wind up with him in the end, he's going to relax and he's going he's, he's, he's to stop dating at a certain point. He's going to wind up being as, as much of a pain in the butt as the original guy. So you have to switch to a giving situation and you have to you have to switch out of this notion that there's one way a marriage should go. You have to test, tweak, adjust, correct, compromise, give, be flexible, be open to change, dedicate your life to making this person happy, whatever that happiness might look like. Love is not extremely complicated. It's the scale of positive to negative experiences that will decide whether you are loving or, or loved. So make it your duty to always make sure that scale of positive events in their life is weighed down very heavily because they're keeping track. They don't realize that it's all subconscious, but in their mind there is that scale and every single thing you do is making something happen on the right side or the left side. The Talmud tells us, now this is specifically about women, that woman's tears, a woman's tears are always close to the surface. Now, could a man's tears also be close to the surface? Yes, it's possible. But in general, it's the woman whose tears are very close to the surface. So this means men needs to be extra careful not to say anything that could read any possible negative situation in the woman's mind because you don't want to make her cry because that's going to be like 20 negative experiences for her and you're going to be deep in the hole. So be very careful about your speech. Be flexible at all, at all times. We know the Torah tells us that a hard reed breaks in the wind, but a soft, pliable reed bends in the wind and stays intact. If you want marriage to stay intact, you gotta be soft and pliable so the wind will blow you and you'll just come right back. Be bendable while keeping in mind that what your spouse might want is for you to actually be more tough. So a little bit less bendable, but always realizing that you could do the opposite. When you come down with a solution to the bottom of the triangle, you are never stuck in that solution. It's not like before. It's not like that something in between right wing and left wing is the right thing. There is no spot on the triangle that is the right thing. Once you come down from the truth back to the bottom of the triangle, it swings. You could swing all the way to the left and even further to the left than you would expect, or all the way to the right and even further to the right than you'd expect. Or it may be somewhere in the middle. It may be just a compromise. But you can do anything. You can be more confident at times, and sometimes she wants you to be more loving, so you will be more loving. If there's someone breaking into the house, she wants you to be very confident and very tough and very strong. If you can't switch into another mode, then you have a problem. You should be able to switch, and that applies to fights as well. Can you state your wife's opinion, and can she state your opinion during a fight? Can, can you make a deal that whenever you get into a fight, you will at least at some point state the other person's opinion and they state your opinion because that's coming down from the truth into a customized solution. That's what that's doing. You're getting to see the opposite of the way you think so you can think in, an, in another way. And once you make that statement of what their opinion actually is, 
you will see the whole, the whole debate very differently. You might realize it's not really a debate. And that's the bottom line that I want to bring out because men and women, husbands and wives are fighting so much. I had it in my previous marriage. The point of a fight is not just to fight. The point of a fight is to learn something about the other person. Something good should, should come out of it. And I don't just mean makeup sex. Something You should actually learn something from the fight. And your goal is to learn, not to fight. And that means you can do it sitting down. There is a truth to what she's saying. There is a truth to what he is saying. Absolutely, there is truth to both of them or they wouldn't be fighting. But the actual truth, the top of the triangle, is somewhere above you both. You, there, there's some a priority that you both want that you actually agree on, whether it's we want to be safe, we want to be harmonious, we want to be wealthy, we want to be out of debt. Whatever the goal is, you have the same goal. The higher priorities is your same goal. You just have different means of getting to it. So stop the fighting and sit down and talk and see what you can learn about her opinion and let you see what you can learn about his opinion. Because there is something to learn or else he, or else he would be fighting. He's fighting because he knows there is some truth on his side. And your job is to figure out what is that truth that's on his side. You have to go to the opposite extreme and see their perspective because they have a perspective. Certain things are simply wrong, like cheating is simply wrong. That doesn't go under the category of left wing or right wing. That's not something that you talk logically about and try to understand the other's perspective. There is always something to be said for the person who cheated. They have some grievance with the other person, but it's unexcusable that they go outside the marriage to try to find their happiness. And it's forbidden according to Torah law, and it destroys families, destroys kids' lives, and causes many fights between the in-laws, and it just causes destruction all around if you're unfaithful. And last but not least, and it's really the most important thing, is also remember that there is a third party in your relationship, and that is God. Don't forget about God. Many fights can be avoided by going to a rabbinical council or a Christian council, a pastor, a priest. In Jewish circles, we call that asking a rub. That's sort of how God is represented in the relationship. It's the third party that is not tied to both of you. The rub, the priest, the pastor is the top of the triangle. They are the ones that hold the truth. And you can just end the fight right there by saying, like, let's just call the priest and see what he thinks. He'll give you some kind of solution and you both have to take it. It has to be someone that you both agree on that has wisdom that can end these arguments. This doesn't have to be a religious thing. It could be a therapist or anyone that you both trust, a Buddhist monk, doesn't matter. Someone you both trust, you both rely upon, both would agree to go to advice for, and you make that person the third party in the relationship. And you don't sit there and say, oh, he leaned towards me. Oh no, he leaned towards me. Look, I'm right, I'm right. No, 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 that's continuing the fight. You're not getting anywhere. You have to take whatever he says in a simple way and go with the solution that he recommends. And hopefully he's learned a little bit about Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism because he should be able to come up with a solution that satisfies both parties as much as possible. So don't forget about the third party in the relationship. That is God. Um, people always give speeches to the new couples in Jewish circles about how the name of men and women in Hebrew has the name of God in it. But if it doesn't have the name God in it, then it becomes Aish, which is fire. So you have in your marriage the potential for fire, or you have the potential for total harmony, which will come from including the third opinion, the top of the triangle, the godly opinion. 
I wish you all to, instead of fighting with each other, to learn from each other, to grow from each other. I wish for your marriage to be something that you work on and you make your spouse a curiosity that you spend your time on to try to figure out and for, try to please. And that should be the entire goal of your marriage, to please the other one. God willing, from this audio forward, and I hope you'll have your spouse listen to it as well, you will have marriages that increase in happiness and holiness for the rest of your lives. Have a blessed day.